podcast is just a waste of time I'm skipping through them, I'd rather listen and change my mind Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind Your favorite guys, your favorite lines, change my mind I swear these other podcasts is just a waste of time I'm skipping through them, I'd rather listen and change my mind Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind Your favorite guys, your favorite lines, change my mind Yeah Welcome back to another edition of the Change My Mind podcast. I won't change my mind because I don't have to because I'm an American. Yes, you are. And I'm Wesley Sykes. And through the other side of the ether is the Clark to my cousin, Eddie. It's Mr. Nicholas J. Esquire, Christmas lover for hire. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> yeah, your cousin Eddie. My goodness. Yeah, you maybe, maybe not. But I think in a different life, I could be. Yeah, I could embrace the uh, uh, squalor that cousin Eddie lives in. Oh, I mean, I understand a little bit of squalor, but I don't know the uh, the dumping your shit like in the on the side of the road, like mm-hmm. in a populated in a, in a suburban area. It seems a little bit too low for me. Well, and I also enjoy I can appreciate the laissez faire attitude that Cousin Eddie has on the world. He doesn't really have a care in the world, although he should have many. He he doesn't really care about anything. And I kind of like that. Um, what is it? Ignorance is bliss type of mentality. Yeah, that's fair. It, 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 he uh, when it, it when after he steals um, his Clark's boss and everything. What is it? Uh, Clark says that you know my my cousin in law Eddie has more uh, more heart than brain. Yeah. Really appreciate that. Clark means yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And if uh, you haven't already guessed it, because this week uh, we are now officially knee deep into the hashtag holiday season holiday season holiday season and don't forget to hang up your because we're going to be discussing the christmas classic uh christmas vacation it came out in 1989 starring chevy chase and beverly d'angelo who is just such a delight in this this whole series but this movie uh particularly yeah, she she really is, and we'll definitely dig into uh, her character a little bit more. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I'll t- I'm excited to. I we, we I don't know if we talked about this, uh, you know, last episode or if we were just if we only talked about this off air. But just kind of the idea came up in the course of us just mm-hmm. talking and whatever. And I, I my view on this movie has changed a little bit. I'm not gonna say how. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll save that for when we actually get to the view because we have other stuff to get to. And we kind of entered this week in a similar spot where we both hadn't really watched, or, or maybe I'm, I'm speaking for you too much here, but I haven't really watched it too much. I've always kind of seen it on TV and catch different portions, and I know the movie, uh, but I never really sat down and watched it start to finish. Oh, 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 okay. I missed. I missed. I thought you were going to see it. I've watched it in a long time because I, I. I watched it a couple times, like growing up. Um, I feel like I didn't watch it till like I was in high school, though. Mm-hmm. Maybe one, two other times outside of that. But I was, it was never. I was never the person that said, "Hey, why don't we watch Christmas Vacation?" That was yeah. never me. So, well, well, maybe now it will be. But we'll we'll dive into that because uh, I got a I got a Christmas Vacation adjacent type question for you for the intro question. Uh, aside from Dennis and Randy Quaid, who uh, plays the aforementioned uh, cousin Eddie character, what are some other hot, uh, odd Hollywood relatives that that you know? 
mind. There are, I mean, the the one for me right now that feels most relevant is the Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen and Elizabeth Olsen. Mm, mm -hmm. Because I think there's like a video, I don't know if it's a music video or something where it has the Olsen twins in it. And then you see Elizabeth or maybe it's like a home video. I don't know. But it's just so weird now. It's like, yeah, they were huge and they still are doing just fine on their own. I, I don't know if it's like makeup or. I think you're right. They do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Their own business venture. They're doing just great. Um, but like Elizabeth Olsen is like borderline the it girl uh, right now. Like she's one of the like most like recognizable mm -hmm. women in Hollywood. Yeah. And it's weird because I think Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen are, are my age, you know, late 30s, 36, 37 or so. Mm -hmm. And it feels like a whole lifetime has gone by between when they were in the limelight to where Elizabeth Olsen is now. So it feels like they're almost not even sisters with how much of, you know, the audience has seen Mary Kate yeah. and then uh, Ashley and then, then Elizabeth Olsen. There's been so much time between there. It feels almost like mother daughter. Yeah, it really does. Like I, I just, I know they're kids, and you know, uh, yeah. But it's just the, the gap is remarkable. Like especially with with their careers. But I mean, I guess it's just what happens when one's a child star and one doesn't come into her own until much later on in life. Yeah, uh, but yeah. that's one that jumps out to me the most. I know the other another one too is like the the Coppola family is another one mm -hmm. that's that's pretty big. And actually, I just pulled up Francis Ford Coppola because I haven't seen. I, can't remember what he looks he like. He is a graduate of Hofstra University, much like myself. Oh, look at that. Well, mm -hmm. one of these pictures I'm looking at, I, I can totally see how Nick Cage and him are related. It is it is uh, bizarre. That's another one. It's like he's – Oh, he's that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the the uh, father, the father, son, and daughter relationship there, that, that always gets crazy because you get name changes. Martin Sheen, Charlie Sheen, Emilio Estevez, all of that stuff. That That's like kind of a crazy thing. Uh, Martin Sheen, you know, has like this Irish name, you know, Irish Catholic name, but he, he yeah. was, was originally Estevez. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. That's so another one too. That's, that's crazy. This was the one that I thought I uh, found very funny was, uh, Jenny McCarthy and Melissa McCarthy, their cousins. Yeah. I, dude, I just saw never that. knew that it, it, after looking at the question, I just, I had no clue either. That's a, that's a, um, very much a bizarre one. There's a. Uh, the star of Madam Web uh, and, of course, Fifty Shades of Grey, Dakota Johnson. I didn't know that she is the daughter of Melanie Griffin and Miami Vice's Don Johnson. Oh. Didn't know that. That's an interesting one. Mm -hmm, Stanley Tucci mm -hmm. uh, is married to Emily Blunt's older sister, so not blood, but by marriage. I saw some of those. Yeah, I, I try to stay away from the the uh, uh, in-law stuff here because I, I I want mm. the familial relationship. Maggie sure. and Jake Gyllenhaal. I feel like that's like you never. I don't really feel like you see them a lot together. That's a bizarre one. Like, cause well, a lot of these you can even if they like the the Affleck's, like they look mm -hmm. kind of different, but you also like they, they look quite different at first glance. But then when you look at them more, it's like, okay, I see how they're related. Yep. Maggie and Jake Gyllenhaal, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. It's very that like that, and I feel bad, but it's like one of them got the looks, and the other one absolutely did not. Well, two people or, or one sibling uh, pair that, that looks the same but have different names are uh, Jonah Hill and Beanie Feldstein. So Beanie oh, yeah, Feldstein, right. she, yeah, she was in Booksmart. They look exact. If you just got like a face mashup, I don't mm -hmm. know if you ever played like the Day Daily Dozen trivia that Barstool does. They do like the celebrity mashup. If you were to morph her face with his body or vice versa, it would be like almost mm -hmm. a spitting image. It would just be one of them. Hmm. 
Okay. That, I, I remember the Baldwins, of course. Yeah. The Baldwins, the Hemsworths. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah. the Hemsworth, Hemsworth aren't that crazy. You know, Steven and Billy were kind of crazy and wacky. And right. Alec Baldwin was like the one who kind of got it all together. You, you know what I mean? And now he's like killing people on movie sets. Yes, I I, I lost the thread of um, the odd relative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that is the one there. Because when you think about it, the, the third one is the odd one. Right, who's like the oldest? He was in Westworld. Uh, Billy Baldwin? No, no, I'm sorry. I'm talking about the Hemsworth. Now. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, well, Liam also was married to Miley Cyrus during the yep. wild days. So mm-hmm, there's another mm-hmm. thing, too. But yeah, it's, um, I'm just, why am I seeing Florence Pugh and, oh, Toby Sebastian? I thought we told him about wire. That would have been weird. But yeah, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot of weird ones out there. That's for damn sure. Holly Weird, am I right? Oh, look at you. <laughs> Damn, son, where'd you find this? A little jump early into trending now. Cillian Murphy. This is, comes from uh, My Time to Shine. Hello. Mm-hmm. Cillian Murphy is being rumored to be the MCU's top choice for Doctor Doom. I know as a huge Peaky Blinders fan, you, you're, you're probably in on this. I'm very much in on it. I, my only concern is that with, with Cillian Murphy, that he's... Too frail. Uh, No, I have... Okay, so from... An acting perspective, I have zero concern mm-hmm. about Killian Murphy playing this any role. Like, quite honestly, like he's an, he's my favorite actor out there right now. I think he does an outstanding job um, in pretty much everything I, I've seen him in. My concern is that I just don't think he'd want to do it because he's he's now that he's become big from Peaky Blinders. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's been around for a while, but like that upped his status. Well, certainly bit. Oppenheimer, yeah, yeah, and and then Oppenheimer on top of that. But we're Oppen- with Oppenheimer, it's more – I know it was a huge, big budget thing, but I don't know. I think committing it's, – it's a one-off. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's going to commit to something long-term like this, especially when it's like not as artsy. Like he's a theater guy. He's and, an auteur. Yeah. So an actor. I, yeah. I listen to like interviews when, whenever he decides to him because he's not a big, big on interviews. But I, like it's clear. He's not like a snob about this kind of stuff, but I mm-hmm. just feel like it's not his thing. So I don't know. Yeah, no, 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 I I've liked him in, in some of the interviews that I've seen. Just, I've I've seen like kind of like the the uh, the spoofs almost. I don't know if it's spoofs, but it's like yeah, the reporter kind of gets owned by Killian Murphy. Like mm. someone said, "Are you you're English? What does this mean?" We're talking about something. He's like, oh. "No, I'm Irish," and they're like, "Isn't that the same thing?" Yeah, <laughs> like, like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> come on, dude. <laughs> and then there was another time where I I think there was this may have been dubbed over, but I I saw some. Uh, uh, a meet him meeting Prince Harry or one of the princes of England. Mm-hmm. And again, kind of saying that, and he's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm Irish. Like I'm Irish. And, and he's like really kind of forced it on them there again, a little bit of that English Irish rivalry there. So I like the fire in his heart. Yeah. Um, I, I think this could be good. I could see him as it, he kind of actually reminds me of uh, the actor from Nip Tuck who played Dr. Doom, the original, uh, 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 Fantastic Four movies. There, he kind of has that little bit of like that suave Patrick Batemany type of vibe, which I think would work. Yeah, uh, as as um, Doctor Doom, but and he definitely has the acting chops. But again, you know, maybe get him on the uh, the superhero cycle there. Yeah, he uh, I, I he definitely and him him and Pedro Pascal would that would be a really I know things haven't been finalized. It seems like mm-hmm. with Pascal, I haven't seen an announcement from. Uh, Marvel or Disney or anything, but I um, I do think that like he, he that would be an interesting pairing uh, to have opposite one another. 
Well, another rumor here, this has been circulating the internet. Internet. I don't have attribution for this, but for Fantastic Four, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is rumored to play the Silver Surfer. And before this news came out, I think last week, ahead of our episode last week, it was talked about the Silver Surfer possibly being, uh, you know, uh, gender swapped or be- being one of the, the woman uh, heralds of Galactus here. But this is interesting. If this is... If it is woman swapped of a Norn Rad character and Anya Taylor Joy, I think that could be a good. I can kind of see that. Uh, so you saw. Which is I'm not crazy about the gender swaps and everything. So I, I can see it too if they do if they go that route. But you so you saw Silver Surfer specifically because I saw Anya Taylor Joy possibly in talks for just playing an antagonist in some capacity. Uh, may, okay, maybe maybe that's that's fair. Maybe okay. I, I was putting too many uh, pieces okay. together there. But, but yeah, I, as an antagonist, but it would make sense. Like she kind of fits into that silver surfer. She's kind of frail. She's got the the silver white white long hair. Yeah, I mean, kind of looks like an alien. There are heralds of like which we talked about previously. There are heralds of Galactus that mm-hmm. are female that she could just slide in and hey, that's good for her. And this is and that that could work in the sense of like bringing in a well-known actor or actress and then giving them a character who nobody really gave a shit about previously. Right. Now they may like more. I'm totally down with that. That said, if they do go the route of like, Hey, we want to make you silver surfer. This is one of those exceptions where I think this could actually like work out really well because just on your channel, joy is outstanding, but you, I don't think you need to necessarily. I think there's an opportunity elsewhere to, to maximize on their dollar, I guess. I, I agree. But I also think if they're doing a Herald of, of Galactus, it has to be Norm Rad and Silver Surfer, right? I mean, that's uh, what the people want. Yeah, I mean, I would think people the people would want like, but they've not been giving. They've been really slow playing on giving the people what they yeah. want. So I mean, who knows? Um, I, yeah, I, I. But if it if it if it does go the route with the with a gender swap, I I'm kind of can get behind Anya Taylor Joy on this. Yeah, I, I thought I, she was one of the bright spots in Dark Phoenix. Yeah, that's right. She was yes, yeah, yeah, or or the mutants or whatever. What not? Dark she, she was in the mutants. She was in the mutants. Yeah, she was magic. She was actually. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah that's what it was. She was she was magic. She was she was the best character in that movie. Period. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which was one of the movies we braved the theaters for. We did. We, we did brave the theaters ever for that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true. It, but, it, uh, we probably could have waited a little longer for it. Yeah, probably. But you know what? Uh, it worked out. But I, I would say I'm, I'm. With her and Killian Murphy, who both were in Peaky Blinders, I oh yeah, I'd be I'd be equal if I if we got them both in this, that'd be awesome. Like I, I I'd be very happy with that. But I think of the two, I think Anya Taylor Joy is more realistic um, to see her come into some level of a role for Fantastic Four than Killian Murphy. Yeah, and I thought the there, some people were speculating on the internet that Doctor Doom wouldn't really be a prominent focus in this movie, in the Fantastic mm-hmm. Four movie, with no. Galactus being the main uh, villain, um, and then maybe you get like an like a stinger or an end credit scene or something like that with Doctor Doom, or he kind of comes up into you know a, a last act type of thing. If you're gonna bring, if you're gonna involve one like meaning doom and galactus if you're gonna involve one like and you're just introducing them it doesn't make sense to make the other one like on the level similar level of uh, prominence in that movie but right. the other thing again too was like so we could just have you know doom for a second but you're i i you know we're going to talk about this, some some other mcu stuff in a second but if kang his role at all changes in in the course of things in the mcu and you're going to pivot to doom again it's like Killian Murphy, is he gonna want to be that dude again and always like 
I think he's above being seen as doomed for the rest of his life, but I don't know mm-hmm. if he wants to take that risk necessarily when he doesn't have to for his career. Well, one person who wants to be Dr. Doom is John Hamm. I think he's been very outspoken uh, yeah. uh, in interviews before that he loves Dr. Doom uh, and he would love the opportunity to play him. Couldn't see that. He does kind of have that debonair douchebaggery about him, but he's a little too well-liked, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair... Uh, that's it, su- it sucks that that would be like would, a, a, an obstacle. It's tough to hate him. It, it sucks that it would be an obstacle, but I agree with you that it that it is a, a, would be a potential obstacle. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm watching him right now in uh, in Good Omens, and he's again like just kind of his character's a bit goofy uh, in it right now, dealing well, with amnesia. And even yeah. in the town where he plays, you know, the FBI inspector who you know is is really the bad guy in the movie because you're rooting for the bad guys. You even mm-hmm. like him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he has that line, which is uh, this is a not fucking around crew, and this not fucking yeah. around crew is about to go both ways. I was like, mm, yeah, that's a, that's one of the lines that sticks with me most. It's that, and whose car are we taking? Yeah, well, and the other good line, he's like, you do know we are a national organization, Claire. <laughs> At the end, <laughs> I, I thought I thought that was again, it's like the douchebaggery, but it just works. Yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting. Like, I don't, um, I'm not out on it. It could work. I just don't know. I f- I don't feel as good about it as I would if it was Killian Murphy. Yeah, a- absolutely. Absolutely. No, no, I'm, I'm with you on that too. Uh, what else do we got in the hopper? Damn, son, where'd you find this? This is uh, from Deadline, Loki creator. This is a bit of a news that broke uh, a little bit earlier today as a crow, f- crow flies. Loki mm. creator Michael Waldron to now write both the Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. So he was already signed on to do Secret Wars. Now he's doing the Kang Dynasty. Um, I think on paper, this looks really good. Loki, uh, the Loki series is, I think, the crown jewel of the MCU Disney Plus uh, venture. Um, and I think it's also. Um, uh, uh, could tie into a lot of other things that go on down the uh, you know, later in the pipeline based on how Loki season two ended. I also like how it's uh, cohesion. We had both the Russo brothers writing for, for Infinity War and Endgame, so you, you have kind of one mind or two minds in that case, uh, kind of working together to make sure everything's right. So, I think from a cohesive uh, standpoint, that's great too. That was exactly what I was going to hit on with this is that we, we talked about this. It may have been in, in the 2045th installment of the change my mind podcast, mm-hmm. like that we would like to see some level of like a through line. If you had some where you have Feige at the top. And then if we're talking like the street right, level, right, stuff, right. you have mm-hmm. one person oversee it. And then, you know, all, all that stuff and so on, where you have a, a general at each level of the, or each portion of the MCU if that's Michael Waldron, who's going to see the big overarching stuff, then great. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm totally down with that. He did like, as much as I didn't love the first season of Loki, as much as the average person did, it was still very good. I still did like it. Um, and the second season was also really good. We felt pretty similarly. I know you mm-hmm. felt it was a mm-hmm. little bit of a dip, but you still liked it a lot. So, yep. and then in terms of the weight of like of that series compared to a lot of stuff from phase four and phase five, it's right up there. If not at the top. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I think that's been one of the bright spots post-Endgame is that Loki series, uh, both on the big screen and on the silver screen there. So I think, again, and whatever they decide to do with Kang Dynasty, with Secret Wars, with Jonathan Majors, how they pivot or if they pivot at all, you know, I I feel trusting that Michael Waldron could do it because he was also the writer on, was it Quantumania or, or Multiverse of Madness? 
I want to say multiverse of madness, but I'm, I'm not sure. But so he has experience either way with, um, you know, dealing with multiverse or kind of heady topics. He, of course, comes from Rick and Morty. He did a good job with Loki. Obviously, time travel, multiversal stuff's going to be involved in Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. So I feel like that's a, a good choice to go to. It was uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is mm-hmm. the one that he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm totally Which I like with- more than most. Yes, we are we are aligned in that one for mm-hmm. sure. But yeah, all right, absolutely. Let's. Uh, what do you got brewing in the comic book minute? Say say goodbye to Twitter. Ah, a superb choice. So uh, this week in comics, so from Image, we got the second issue of Edenwood, which is has been a, a pretty awesome visual experience so far. I've already read the second issue of this. This is by written and drawn by Tony Daniel from Dark Horse. Uh, for those horror fans out there who just continue to stick to horror stuff outside of October, uh, like I do with reading specifically, uh, Drive Like Hell issue two uh this is by rich duick and alex cormack uh, a pairing that joe has talked about on tldr quite a bit alex cormack has really kind of emerged uh over the years as one of the best horror artists there are in comics uh not just present but maybe all time um and then from boom we have grim uh issue 15 which is the end of the third arc of this um grim reaper story um which i've been which joe and i have really been enjoying and then the Final issue of Alice Ever After, which is the second arc of this like Alice in Wonderland kind of adult type story where Ooh. like she's kind of like where Alice in Wonderland is believed to, like the, the original story is believed to be about like, like uh, is it opioids or uh, what? Like I an sure. acid trip or LSD trip or something. Yeah. Along those lines, like this, in this case, there's like a level of like mental health issues involved and then a level like where she, it's like years and years ago, like in the. You know, I don't know, like, I don't know, it's like early uh, 20th century um, Mm -hmm. where she's like put in like um, a mental institution and then she's got like drugs that she's been become addicted to all this kind of stuff. It's been it's been really trippy, especially with the art, uh, bringing it all together. So this is the end of that. The second arc, which I liked the first a lot, uh, talked about it on TLDR. The second one has absolutely been better. So looking forward to the third, which the creator of that series, Dan Panosian, told us is going to be coming at some point down the line from Boom. Uh, as for TLDR this week, we are doing what's new because uh, we may or may not have something else in the hopper coming later mm. on in the week, which all that you can get after you listen to CMM podcast. I love it. Like nice big market tease to end the comic book minute. That's great stuff here. Let's uh, shift gears. Uh, are you ready to get to our main topic? Yes, I am. Tommy, are you ready? Wait, wait. Oh. All right. Now let's go get him. All right. Thanks. He's ready. All right. Let's go get him now. Uh, Christmas Vacation 1989 holiday, holiday season. All right. Don't forget to put on your sock. Uh, what's the synopsis here, Nick? <laughs> the Griswold family's plans for a big family Christmas predictably turn into a big disaster nice that's succinct i think you get the point across it kind of leaves you wondering what kind of disasters go on in this in this christmas big family um this is directed by jeremiah jeremiah s chechik uh and written by the uh the the acclaimed john hughes uh starring chevy chase as clark griswold beverly d'angelo as ellen juliette lewis as audrey johnny galecki as rusty john randolph as clark senior 
Uh, Diane Ladd as uh, Nora, E.G. Marshall as Art Smith, Doris Roberts as Francis Smith, uh, Randy Quaid as cu- Cousin Eddie, we have Miriam Flynn as uh, Cousin Catherine, and Cody Berger as Rocky Johnson here. I actually yeah. don't even know who that is. I Rocky really... is Eddie's uh, kid, but his, his son. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. All right. so maybe I cut it off a little early there, but that's enough people. Yeah, either way, uh, this hauled in seventy-four and a half million domestically on a twenty-five million dollar budget, and obviously this came back in eighty-nine, so that seventy-four point five million carries even more weight. Um, featured an a eleven point seven million opening weekend. Uh, on IMDb right now, it's got a 7.5 out of 10 with a 70-86 split on Rotten Tomatoes. 4.6 out of 5 on Google Reviews with 91% of Google users liking this movie. Yeah, absolutely. And that was a domestic-only release. It got re-released internationally, uh, I think, during COVID. And it pulled in like $12,000 internationally. So, uh, Wait, really? The antics, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. I, it's been released in theaters a couple of times. I think it's made like a couple more million, uh, you know, stateside on the re-releases here. Just you know, if you want to go have a have a nice little holiday uh, feature smart. film in the movie theater, you know. Yeah, smart. Get it like just even if you did like discounted tickets and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, nice. So yeah, a little, little nice tib- tidbit there. What's your score and tweet length review? So uh, this gets an 81 out of 100 for me. Uh, I'm blown away by how this movie has held up while still painting an accurate picture of that era. Mm, I like that. I give this an 87 out of 100. This was a Christmas classic that I never fully watched. A Christmas Vacation uh, has a perfect blend of wholesome Christmas fun and edgy comedy to appeal to the whole family. Two yeah. thumbs up. Yeah, it's uh, this was a pleasant surprise for me re-watching this because, again, it's been a long time for me since uh, I'd given it uh, a look. Well, yeah, so this hops uh, right into our exit survey questions here. Is this in your Christmas rewatch rotation? And if so, how high up is it? So, you know, I, I felt bad. I forgot that this was the first question that we have. <laughs> but I think now going forward, this will be in, cons- in consideration more often for me. Whereas in mm-hmm. the past, it's like, it comes up in my head and I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing Christmas vacation. I just, I don't have any desire, but now I think because I'm older and we're so far away from, and I'll be like, look, 89, I was born in 89, mm-hmm. but this still has that feel from when I was a kid, like that. It feels very familiar and it feels like stories I've heard from my dad. It's like all this stuff. It feels uh, familiar. So I, I think now it'll be in conversation at least uh, when, when the missus and I convene about uh, Christmas movies at this time of year in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Typically it hasn't been, I'd always, like, like I said, off the top, I'd always get portions of it uh, on television, but never really watched it in its entirety. And I got the gist of it. My father-in-law loves the movie. My dad loves the movie, you know, so that's a big dad movie. You know, I feel like yeah. Chevy Chase is like a big actor, Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, maybe Steve Martin, uh, of maybe of a little bit older age. Uh, but that's like right in our dad's generation there. So those are their, their guys. They're, they're Adam Sandler's, they're Will Ferrell's, uh, if you will there. So I would hear, uh, you know, these, all these jokes and like the bits and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, every Christmas. So, but, it, but I think this is going to be, uh, in my rewatch list here. It's, it's always the home alones. It's always the Santa Claus, a Christmas story on Christmas Eve. Yeah, we we've worked in the newer movie, uh, the night before with uh, Seth Rogen and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and um, uh, Falcon. Why can't I remember his name? But uh, that actor, Anthony Mackie. Thank you. Yes. Um, 
which is great. I, I think that's a great newer Christmas movie. But now, yeah, I think I think having some of the old school ones, like you said, it does kind of have like a you know early early nineties young Christmas type of feel for us. Yeah, I in Christmas, like, I, I don't I I don't know. We, we we set a list for October. But I don't think we're going to be doing that this time around. Mm-hmm. Like Christmas stories one too. I know we was it last year that we had the Christmas story sequel come out. We did, yeah, and that wasn't too bad. Oh, wasn't too bad. Wasn't too bad. We had, I mean, we had terrible expectations for it. I mean, yes. there's the Home Alone return, which I believe was the year before. Mm-hmm. And, they, and that was bad. That was terrible. Yeah, yeah. did not. The do bright good. spot of that was Buzz having a like a two second cameo. That's right. Yeah, that's that's all anyone was talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is there one moment or bit from this movie uh, that hits home most for you? Um, Relatable or something that like maybe is like. You get secondhand embarrassment, secondhand cringe from watching. Okay, so the ki- the cat creating problems around the Christmas tree is like the most relatable thing for me, like from like <laughs> life experience. Yeah, I grew up with a cat, have a cat, um, so I know what that's all about. But the one now that, and I think this is why this I appreciated this movie more, and I think this is also why dads like this movie so much because, like, my dad too, he's the one that introduced me to this movie. The idea of hosting a family for a holiday. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I, we're, like, I don't know if you've had to do it yet, but I know like just in the scheme of life, neither of us are far from it. If you haven't done it already. And it's just like, Oh goodness. Like I want an easy holiday, man. I don't want any, like, I don't want Christmas or Thanksgiving. No, like give me like, like 4th of July or something. Those are high expectations. The, the Christmases, the Thanksgivings, the Easter's, right. Those are like the three, kind of like the Holy Trinity of, of big holidays there, right. The Mount Rushmore, if you will, if you want to throw another one on there. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, so we've done like, you know, we had our, our child christened uh, not too long ago. So we had people over for that. Uh, you know, we've had hot Christmas parties in the past that we've hosted, sure, but yep. not where it's just kind of like finger foods and appetizers and booze, you know, but when you have your family coming over and suddenly you take that's something I look forward to. I'm very much like Clark Griswold with like the whole, wanting to have the wholesome, you know, Norman Rockwell type Christmas. Like that's that's definitely me. Um, so I'm looking forward to that moment. And that does bring me a lot of anxiety. OK, the, tur- yeah. the turkey, the turkey, Nick Dude, overcooking yeah. the turkey. Like, yeah. that's like that's a nightmare. I think as a kid, I didn't like get it either with the turkey thing. I was like, wait, wait, what the fuck just happened to that? And it was like, oh, it dried out because that's a fucking thing. So yeah, yeah no, no, thank you. And, and then it's even, that would be an even bigger deal on Thanksgiving. So no, you know what? Another one I might consider to uh, putting up for is, um, is new year's because I know it's a late night and everything, mm-hmm. but when you talk about finger food and stuff like that, like it's, there's a lot, it's a lot more, the, the expectations are not the same with the, for the food there. No, but it's the um, it's it's the good time that you want for the New Year's, right? You want yep. to make sure that everyone who's coming alone maybe has an opportunity to get that New Year's Eve kiss. You want to make sure they have a magical moment, you know, things like that, you know. But less uh, stressful for me by far. For, for sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I think if you're having a Christmas, yeah, everyone's not really 
it's on a pedestal thanksgiving and christmas and then maybe easter's in that tier two there yeah and I, I, I wouldn't say fourth of july is too far from easter in that in that tier two but i think it's easier no i agree i agree fourth but, of july like you, for sure. but you can just make hot dogs and hamburgers so it's, yeah it's, and beers and stuff like that right yeah so yeah. much easier in that regard but what about you what's your most uh, relatable bit from this well cer- certainly the having the family over for a holiday i i agree with that completely it's and then the other one is the christmas lights which i feel like is is the obvious answer for so many oh, yeah. people right like i think i said last week um that i you know i was putting up the uh icicle lights over over the gutters there and i have the ladder out and the postman comes up to drop off the mail and he's like you're not gonna clark griswold it right and i was like no i hope not this year that was me last year and and that was the case and it's like i i get that yeah and clark's problem is is that he you know brings everybody out to show it for the first time when he's plugging in all the all the lights or the final string of lights you got to do that beforehand to make sure that it works. So then you're not under delivering when you bring the family out into the cold. Clark Griswold is the king of uh cart. Was it cart before the horse? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's the same Absolutely. thing with the bonus. And that friggin' killed me, man. Every, it still kills me. I know what happens. It's still like, what's the fucking matter with you, dude. Mm-hmm. You don't do shit like that. Come on. Have you uh, been at a job where they've given out bonuses? Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. it's weird. I've been at it before and at, at like smaller companies and you're just not sure if it's going to be there. You're hoping it does. You, you are kind of sweating it out or it's like, oh, is it going to be the same as last year? Do I bank on it? You know, I'm not going to write checks that my, I can't I can't be cash let yet. You are kind of like banking on it for a little bit. I, I I try not to. It's like yeah. you have what you you have you what you have. And then if you get that, that's great. But like that is. You can apply that to, to spots elsewhere afterwards and then get yourself something nice too. But like buying a fucking pool like that back in mm-hmm. the day, what is the, dude, what is the, you, you're not trying to get a pool by the way, right? No, no, no. no. It wouldn't, wouldn't work in our backyard here. I would, I would like a pool uh, okay. at some point, maybe, maybe at the next house when we, you know, size up there, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just made yeah. I was, as I was watching this, I was like, I can't remember if Wes was wanted to have one or not. But anyway, I, I'd like what the insurance is crazy, you know, and it's like if you think about it now, like even like something like a trampoline like is is nuts when you think about kids. Yeah, and, like, the liability that brings like well, I would never like- have a trampoline, but like I would also I also don't want a diving board. Yeah, no, you, I never you never see a diving board anymore. Like for, for mm-hmm. pools, I'm trying to think when like the last time I. I feel like it was like a UMass Dartmouth camp, like in their like pool. Sure, like yeah, yeah. I saw one; it's crazy. Yeah, you you don't really see them all that often there. But I, I'm on board with the pools. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of upkeep. You know, that's so that like that I to me the that that belongs in a certain. You know, I'm going to put this in a category for later, and I'll I'll, I'll offer because uh, that applies there. Go, go okay. Ahead. Yeah. Uh, we'll go on to the next question. Where does this rank among other National Lampoon movies that you may or may not have watched? <sighs> yeah, I I think so. They have two vacation movies. The Vegas Vacation is the other one. Is that what it is? Vegas. They have the original one, National Lampoon's Vacation. They have European Vacation, and then this was the third one, Christmas Vacation. I think I've seen the original one, and then mm-hmm. I've seen Van, and then there's Van Wilder. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen anything besides this one more than once. And maybe that like, I should change that. But like, th- so this is like an easy number one for me. Vegas vacation is up there. I haven't watched, uh, actually, no, I have seen kind of like with the Christmas vacation. I've seen 
good portions of uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, the first one, to kind of get the idea of it. You know, he's, gotcha. he's driving. He's he gets a uh, highway hypnosis. He sees the girl next to him who keeps coming back. You know, the pretty girl, which which is a theme that gets played up and picked up again mm-hmm. uh, at, at the shopping mall a little bit earlier in this movie. But yeah, so I get some of those things, but I haven't watched it in its entirety. I have watched multiple times Vegas Vacation. And I love that movie. Papa Giorgio. Papa Giorgio is <laughs> great. Or, uh, or or Wayne Newton is uh, seducing Beverly D'Angelo. And it's like, that, that's a great bit. I'll be making pasta. You know, it's very, very funny stuff. And Van Wilder's good. That hits my youth. Mm-hmm. Um, little known fact. I don't know if you know this comedian. He's kind of, kind of well-known. Not my personal favorite, but Burt Kreischer. No, not familiar with that name. Yeah, so he he's a guy, he's a big hairy fat guy who uh takes his shirt off. He does like sells out stadiums, you know, he's huge. He just had a movie come out about uh the machine kind of recently within the past year. Okay. Uh but that movie, Van Wilder, is based on Burt Kreischer. Really? Burt Kreischer had a story written about him uh in Rolling Stone magazine as like the Ryan Reynolds character, pretty much, and that he was like that that guy. Huh. Yeah, wow. it took place. Uh, he went to Florida State. Oh, okay, well that makes yeah that that part mm-hmm. is not surprising. Yeah, but I thought that was I didn't know that until after I'd heard of Burt Kreischer, and I was like, oh, that's kind of an interesting story. That is wow. He's insufferable though. That's, is he? That's just my two cents. Okay, not he's very popular, but that's just me. Okay, um, but yeah, so this is probably number one for me right now because I okay. don't I won't go back I won't go back and watch Vegas Vacation. I don't really have any need or desire to go back and watch Van Wilder. Um this this one specifically because of the holiday element will keep me coming back uh year after year, I think. Yeah, I tend to feel the same way. Maybe like randomly Van Wilder, but I just I I'm not going to think of it outside of like thinking of Christmas Vacations. I go Lamb yeah. Lampoon. Okay, yeah, maybe I'll go back, but I mean I don't know. It's more of like a spin-off, you know. It's like you know the uh, American Pie spin-offs. They just like bought the rights to the American Pie name, but they got all new actors. It's direct to t- direct to DVD type movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, that's kind of the idea that I got with Van Wilder. I know it was released in theaters, but it's like an offshoot. They're just using the National Lampoon's uh, branding. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I love Ryan Reynolds, but I just don't know if we'll ever do that. But yeah. Anyways, he'll be disappointed, I'm sure. Um, what was the most rewatchable scene for you? You know what made me laugh out loud the most was probably I just completely forgot this was a thing. Aunt Bethany, yes. uh, who shows oh, yeah. up way late, where she starts. I, I know she sings the national anthem at the end of it, and I did remember that, but mm-hmm. I forgot that she said the Pledge of Allegiance instead of saying Grace at the dinner table. Yeah, and I, I like laughed out loud at that moment, and I was kind of stunned by myself. She's great. She's coming off the bench like Jamal Crawford, you know, like she's just lighting it up, uh, crossing people over left and right there. So she she comes in at a very late uh, part of the movie and makes a lot of damage. She's kind of like a closer. Yeah, she really was. She she, she really was. Um, I think, you know, and outside of that, too, um, the, the everything with like related to the lights, too. It's and not for the not for the reason of like you were it's relatable for you. Mm-hmm. I'm just like this is why I never want to fucking do this because I feel like I would lose my mind. I'm just getting mad. Like thinking about all the hassle that comes with. I put up lights a bunch when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. my grandparents got older and they, cause they lived near, right nearby and they just stopped putting up as much stuff. And then my parents started to be like, you know what? 
we don't want to do this. So that's my dad thought that. So we yeah. didn't do it. Like indoor stuff, go all out. I'm I'm totally down with that. Outdoor stuff, not as much. Now, see, I, I think I think it's a bit of perseverance, and it's not about me. I want I want the uh, neighborhood to have holiday cheer. I want mm. the the kids to come back and see the lights on. You know, so it's like I get it's a complete pain in the ass. Uh, but it's you, you do it for the memories. You're a you do hero. It for the story. You know that I'm, I'm just trying to be a regular old Clark, you know, look at you. Yeah. Uh, but spe- speaking of that, the, the mall lingerie scene uh, ending with rusty say, you know, he's like, see, there's no tent. There's no, uh, the, the line doesn't show rusty. Yeah. That was yeah, all uh, that stuff. He's like, it's a bit nipply. It's nipple. Uh, my nips, you know, and it's just like choking over his words. I, that's, that's a classic Chevy chase to me. That whole scene. Yeah. Uh, it's like a microcosm for like how, who he was as a comedian, you know, or comedic actor. It's really um, impressive. Like, cause it all feels so natural in the way that he does it. it. It really is remarkable. And, and she's kind of feeding into, it. of course she's trying to get the sale, but she's not like turned off by it. She, she finds it charming, you know? Y- yeah. That's, it you works. Know, you know, what's funny is I remember I, as soon as the scene came up, I was like, I remember this from when I was a kid, of course. Yeah. And, yeah but yeah. I'm like, huh, that's funny. She seemed way more about it when I was a kid. Than she does as I'm rewatching this. Like she's she kind of playing along with it, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, she really leans in, and like it. Now it's like, is she into it, or is she just like really playing into it? But it took longer than I remembered it. Yeah. 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 And he's like, I yeah, my work. wife died, but I got. I'm buying her lingerie. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll she didn't die. Great. She's just, you know, I, we we got divorced, you know, and she never yeah. wears underwear. So. <laughs> and he's like wiping his face with the panties like that's that's Mm. great stuff um the uh, uh, cousin eddie's best line of the whole movie when he's emptying out his uh rv's uh uh, septic tank there and he says shitters full merry christmas to the uh, yuppie neighbors and he's yelling at to clark there that whole scene's great and and like i mean clark and, and chevy chase is just so good because he's got this like dry pessimistic like uh, jaded outlook like he's kind of been beaten down in life but he's still optimistic for some reason but he just makes these like deadpan remarks like oh i'm just looking at eddie and his uh you know in his bathrobe there just entering his rv into our sewer yep just like very casually says all that stuff so it it pulls off perfectly yeah it's like when eddie shows up he's just like says eddie like five times he's like eddie yeah Eddie, but yeah, it's in in, in that that is the the whole movie though. It's just like he's a he's a beaten down man who's just trying to support his family and try and give them this like amazing Christmas after years and years of not getting the Christmas that he wants. He's like, fuck this, I'm gonna take it on and I'm gonna win. And mm-hmm. he kind of does. He kind of does. Uh, he loses a lot there, and it's particularly after he finds out that he's not getting the Christmas bonus. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you put the nail on the head there, putting the cart before the her- horse. Not only with the down payment on the, on the uh, uh, pool. But then he goes one step further and tells him when he thinks he has the check before he's opened the envelope that he one put too much, you know, put too much down and his, uh, his account doesn't have the money and all this stuff that, you know, he's been holding inside for however long he just lets it all out. And then he gets a, yeah, one year subscription to a monthly jam club, which is just like, what the fuck? That's like, yeah. and I get it. And, and you, you've been getting a bonus for 17 years. I understand that. Uh, that's totally like, I get the level of expectation, but this again, like this is next level for me. I understand if you 
what like mentally are expecting it and mentally banking on it, but he's actually like put himself in a terrible spot where he oh yeah needs that shit. That's next level and like and that's more, like just that's remarkably irresponsible and stupid. Yeah, incredibly stupid, but also very you know very dick move not to give out the bonuses and then not tell anyone about it. Yeah, I mean if you've been doing when you, especially when you've been doing it for seventeen years, like right, you, like there's and back then too. It wasn't like now where like there can be other things that influence like the size of a bonus and like well yeah I wonder was. what the bonus was you know yeah. it was seventy four hundred or whatever whatever the it was like a seven thousand dollars for the down payment on the on the pool but then he's talking about covering the down payment as well as you know whatever else that needs to kind of finish the job and then flying out his family to open it up uh, after with, with yeah. whatever's left over. And I'm like, yeah. what? how much is this? Icing on the cake that I'll fly you all out here. Shut up, you moron. And also, like, uh, under the radar and all that fucking shit is, oh, hey, uh, um, I had to write the – I wrote the check without there being enough money in the bank. So, like, yes. you overdrafted on the check. Yep. <laughs> what? And, and you, pr- you probably told the pool guy, he's like, hey, listen, don't cash this until the new year or something yeah. like that. But here, this is what we got. So I, I don't I don't know how exactly that works. Maybe it's not really a down payment then if they can't cash it. I, I don't know. I don't know, but like that's just next level. Just if you're asking for it. But yeah, anyway. no, no, no. He's he's definitely skating on thin ice there for sure. Um, yeah, and, and I think that's just about it. Those those are some of the memorable, uh, most rewatchable scenes. I think you know the Christmas dinner scene is great when they're around the table. Of course, that's kind of like the cliche moment, like like you mentioned before, with the the turkey kind of exploding imploding I, I don't know how you want yeah. to describe that um but yes yeah, that, that's certainly a good one uh what do you think aged the best from this movie though so you have we have some casting stuff that i think is really mm-hmm. interesting that we'll get mm-hmm. into in a second but the one for me that really like carried this movie in, in a lot of ways is this movie like becoming something of a period piece and I know mm-hmm. most of like most of the time those are like intentionally done and they're more like drama in some way, shape or form. But, well, no, but like the Christmas story is, is definitely a period yep. piece, you know, it's and that and that true. holds up for another generation, probably for, uh, you know, like Clark was probably Ralphie, you know, and yeah. that in that movie. Yeah. But Christmas story, what that was in that one also came out in the 80s, if I'm, the 80s uh, or 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In 1983. So there you go. But it's set like in the sixties or something mm-hmm. to, to that end. So th- with that being the case, it's like that was intentionally done as a period piece. This is supposed to be like in the here and now when, when this movie came out and it's aged so well in that, like I, that's part of why I want to add it to the rotation. It's like this, th- my, you know, personally, like this wasn't what my Christmas was like, but as a kid, but it feels very, I hope similar. no one has a Christmas like that. <laughs> Very true, but it feels similar. Like it, like there's things that are relatable with this. Uh, yeah, yeah, as yeah, a absolutely. kid, and I guess in a, and it, then also now like that we're adults and like we're gonna have you know children of our own and you already do and so on. It's like well, if we do, it, it, it's I can't imagine like if I had to fucking host Christmas, what it would turn into. So there's just so much there, and then again the era that it um that it's from. It just it's all very well represented for me like the movie itself ages so well because it's just done such a good job representing a certain period a specific period of time yeah and i think you know what we talk about all the times with the with the pixar movies is how they're able to capture an entire audience of, of multiple age groups right and appeal to the parents who are taking the kids and then the kids who it's mainly for right so this it, this is like 
for Saturday Night Live fans who are probably in their mid twenties, but also with their families too. So you, you can show it with your dad, mm. you know, when you're home for the holidays or something like that. Or it's not so crass where you can't show your, I don't know, ten year old, eleven year old son or something like ten, you know, kids of a certain age where you can kind of share it all together. Yeah, the clo- the only thing that is at all like dodgy is the stuff with the uh, the the mall uh, employees. Yeah, yeah, and there's some language there, but it's nothing well, like. Okay, yeah, uh, there's yeah. nothing like bad about it, though. You know, there's nothing really too crass about it. I just don't think about the language one ever quite as much because I also know when we were like in fourth grade, it was like, you know, we are, we knew all these words by then. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. But anyways, that that was the big one for me. You mm-hmm. have more um, actors and, and whatnot listed off. I, I have one myself, but I want to. I want you to lead the way here. Well, us. yeah, we had we had Rusty, who later uh, played in The Big Bang Theory. Later, Johnny Galecki uh, didn't didn't know that. I didn't watch that show, but I he's I Leonard for everybody that. at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can figure it out when you know it's like one of the main characters. I was blown away. I never knew that because I watch this and think of Juliet Lewis, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh shit! Like, I my first memory of Juliet Lewis, I think you know it's not not her most memorable role but it's starsky and hutch um sure yeah yeah opposite vince vaughn but like i I was thinking uh old school she's in that too yeah she's in old school as well small role yep yeah so she like like, those are what i think of her first but now i think of her as natural born killers Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. with woody and then she's also in yellow jackets which i still have yet to watch but obviously that's been you know uh, pretty popular movie too so or show excuse me mm-hmm. um so there's th- so yeah those those are two like remarkable as their careers yeah definitely um they definitely had, took on some bigger roles later yeah and and i i just loved beverly d'angelo i think she's a delight uh, i mean yeah. m- you know i i don't want to uh disrespect the woman or anything but like what a milf you know <laughs> what a she milf. does look good and in, 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 yeah she does look good but she puts the mother in MILF. You know what I mean? She has like this like motherly, uh, like I, I don't know, like aura about her, uh, which, yeah. which we'll come and get into a little bit later. But, you know, she, she has this way of just kind of like going where the wind of the situation takes her and making the best out of it. You mean like when she finds out what Clark did with the fucking bank account, like with that, the check of the money that they don't she have? She doesn't even she, question about it. You know, she like, she like flinches. And then the camera like pans to her like for a second. And yeah. Like, uh, what? And then she just kind of moves on with it and like lets it go. Well, yeah. And Clark is really like can be unbearable. You know, he's kind of a loser. He's kind of like a dumpy guy. But mm. she's like so well put together and she's like very loyal. Mm-hmm. So yep. she's never annoyed by him. You know, she just kind of rolls her eyes, but is still always by his side, too, which is which mm-hmm. is nice. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Doris Roberts. Went on to uh, Everyone Loves Raymond and, of course, Grandma's Boy fame. So she was Grandma. Yep. Uh, She's something we, else. We talked about this a little bit already. Chevy Chase's asshole, sarcastic humor. Again, th- this movie, um, you know, I Fletch uh, and Caddyshack, that's probably, again, the holy trinity of Chevy Chase movies there that kind of encapsulate his whole uh, comedic demeanor. Uh, Fletch. I, I loved Fletch. I haven't watched it in a long time. I watched it in college, but I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. I, my dad got it for me, like as a thing for like watch this at some point in college. I should have gotten it for you, and I never did, or showed you to, and I never did. And blah, blah, yeah. Blah. But yeah, I remember. Yeah, I mean that's another one. The father-in-law loves that movie. It might be his favorite movie. Oh, um, but but Clark's uh, idyllic and wholesome family outlook, right? So I think that's I find that to be very charming. Like we already mentioned, he's still beaten down. He's still kind of like that working class guy. Um, 
who's beaten down by family and life and all that stuff, kids, job, but he still has a, a good outlook on everything. And that, so I, I, I appreciate that where, you know, in a humor movie or in a comedy movie, even if it's a Christmas movie, I'm thinking of like bad Santa, for example, there is a, a, a universe where this could take more of like a darker turn. And sure. You know, he's like not as um, idealistic as, as he is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that could be funny too, but yes, I agree. Right. Right. So I, I like that too. So again, that, that kind of brings in the wholesome family fun to which you, to your point, I think uh, kind of makes it hold up as uh as kind of timeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think is going to age the worst from this movie? Uh, well, what has aged the worst is Randy Quaid. Uh, there's been a lot that's gone on with him over the years. I was like, I, because I, I know Chevy Chase is, you could also say something for him different in different ways. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I was like, Randy Quaid, didn't something, he kind of fell off the map or something. And then I looked it up and it's like, no, he's got like a, he's got a, like a pretty long rap sheet. I was like, what is this shit? I, yeah. cause I, I was going, when you put that on the list, I was like, wait, what's, I, I knew something happened to him, but I was like, what, what happened? So I, I was pulled up his Wikipedia and like, he was on the run for a law from the law, like from yeah. the government, I yeah, think two like, different governments for a while, the Canadian yeah. and the American government. Yeah. Before he was, I didn't, actually, I didn't see that he was on the run from Canada, but I saw that he sought asylum in Canada from America. Yeah, but I think he was pissing them off. I think he, he he didn't he wasn't doing the necessary protocols to seek asylum in a Canada or something like that. Yeah. Just he basically Randy Quaid actually like went full um full method and became Eddie the rest of his life. Yeah, um, Eddie or uh the crop pilot uh from Independence Day. <laughs> Hello boys, I'm back. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Right. Um, the other one, and, and this is why I wanted to, I asked you before about the pool stuff, the idea of having a pool personally, as a kid, I'm always like, I was always like, yeah, of course I would love to have a pool. Never had one, mm-hmm. had an uncle who had one. Um, and I was like, this is so cool, everything like that. But as I've gotten older and had a, like a family friend who had one too, and learning from him, especially like the level of maintenance, cause you alluded mm-hmm. to that before. She's like, I don't think I'm ever going to want to have a pool. Like it's, it seems like a lot of work outside. I agree. My my father has a pool. My father in law has a pool. They're, this is a common oh, theme. Wow. I'm bringing both of them up there. So they and they have to deal with it all the time. So it's like you know, getting it ready, getting it prepped. Any sort of again maintenance or work after a certain amount of years. If the lining cracks, God forbid. Oh, geez. you know all, all that. And then just like the risk of injury. If you have kids running around the pool, you know you got to have a fence in. Larry David taught us that. And in, in some counties, that's necessary. Um, but yeah, all, all that stuff is nice. And I think the interesting question is, because these are kind of in the same idea, would you rather have a pool or have a boat? Because both of these things probably fall under the umbrella of like, you'd rather have a friend who has a boat or a pool. I think I'd rather have, you know what? If you asked me that like two years ago or something, maybe I probably would no question say pool. Like I would have always said pool, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like if I had a boat, like I could enjoy it. But I, at the same time, I, I really, really have no desire to have either. See, so. I think I would rather have a boat than a pool. Yeah, I I, mm. I think, yeah, I just because I, like it can be like a relaxing thing that you do by yourself and, and whatnot. But they both are a lot of friggin work. Some some of the one of my favorite pastimes recently is going on Facebook Marketplace and looking at boats for sale and finding out like what can I get on the cheap and what can I figure out how to fix uh, on my own. 
Okay. I'll tell you what and I always. Most of it's outrageous. What I always wanted because I had like a fam, a, a, a relative um, who like I would see in the summer and stuff who had a jet ski. So yes. Like, oh, well, man. that's what I was just gonna say. I think the that's a much easier one. It's cheaper, right? You get a pair of jet skis. Uh, but two, the maintenance on that is crazy. All you have to need, you can actually get covers for it. You don't have to get your boat uh, shrink wrapped or anything, or or your uh, jet ski shrink wrapped. Uh, so you can just kind of storm in your backyard. You know, you have to get your boat shrink wrapped and stuff. In the yeah, yeah, to get it winterized. Yeah, you'll oh, see a lot geez. of boats like that with like the it's like white plastic that goes around the top of the boat and like around all the the oh. sails or the, or the glass if you don't have sails. And it's just to kind of keep all the uh, cold air and uh, snow and everything like that from actually the fiberglass. Now that I'm thinking about it, if especially from like if 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 we're talking boats that like you use out on like open water, we're not talking like rivers and stuff like that. Then I'd absolutely do a pool. Like I can't. Like I get you know I'm like terrified of the water. Like it's just. Are you? I didn't know that. Oh, dude. So. We, so when we were on our honeymoon, something out new. real quick aside, and I think, mm-hmm. I think I appreciate this. When we were on the honeymoon, we found out this crazy deal for like a day cruise. That was like a stupid price that included lunch in the cost and like um, like uh, uh, alcohol was included in, in mm-hmm. like the, the bill and everything like that. And then they took us around the island and everything. And you got to okay. swim in the in the, the the water there. So I was like, we're swimming in the Aegean Sea. It's like, I, I mean, I got to try this out. But yeah, I was so terrified that I was checking the night before once Lauren fell asleep. Like, how often do shark attacks happen in the, happen in the Aegean Sea? Oh, you're yeah. putting it in your head. Yeah. Oh, dude. I was like, I, I absolutely like a lot. But guess what? I got it. I went in. But the, the <laughs> three, every time we stopped to go in the water, I did it because I was like, I'm I, I, the first time I. Cause I loved doing it as a kid, but yep. as I got older, I'm just like, oh man, I just that's see, that's that's big media getting uh just just pushing Shark Week and all these shark attacks on the Cape and all this stuff now. Yeah, you know, because they have they they tag all these sharks, so they know where they all are, are at all times. Oh, t- so you yeah. know what I mean? So like before, they never had that technology, so you wouldn't know it, so you wouldn't you wouldn't hear about it as much. Uh, I well, because shark I- attacks don't really happen all that often. No, I feel but like shark it, sightings happen mm, often. It's well, I saw one shark sighting where, like, uh, I probably was on Twitter because now with the way Twitter is, I see so many random, so much random freaking shit on there. Yeah, there was one time where it was like people were, it was like extremely, extremely close to land. Like we're talking, like it was like if it moved in any closer, it would have been on the sand. Yeah, and yeah. it just swam through a bunch of people who were like just standing, like not even waist high in the water. Uh, I think I might have seen that one actually. Yeah, I, think I know I, what you're talking about. When yeah. I saw that, I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck mm-hmm. is this shit? How can that happen? Like I'm never going in again. And then I went in the, in the water when we were in the Aegean. It so. was probably a dogfish or something like that. It's probably not a great white. Uh, yeah, I mean that that would make more sense that it wasn't a great white. But anyways, no, I I agree. I'm back um, on the pool side. Back yes, on okay. Side. So back on the pool. Uh, you got Randy Quaid aging the worst. I have Chevy Chase, and I don't. I'm not sure if this is warranted. You know, he's always because I'm not sure if he's aged the worst. He's always kind of had like an asshole mentality to him or a reputation mm. going back to his uh, SNL days. That's true. I think a lot of people didn't like. I think that's just kind of who he is. But. Mm. I do, you know, his his time at Community. I think uh, he wasn't very well liked by much of his castmates. Yeah, well, I mean, it makes sense. Like, if you're like a jerk back in what was it? It would have been the seventies or the eighties. Yeah, 80s, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're still that kind of jerk, there's a lot of stuff that probably doesn't age as well. Which we oh, know yeah. we, we've we've heard that kind of stuff. So yeah, like that. I agree that 
maybe yeah he's always kind of been an a-hole but it seems like it's just it's gotten it's just it's not aged as well yes yeah absolutely um i did not like the back and forth on the road with the trucks to open the movie when they're going out for uh, what is that when they're going to pick up the christmas tree yeah um i did not like that at all that i almost feel like you could have done without that like I, that that seemed kind of oh you didn't like it because you thought it wasn't good uh no it was fine i just it gave me anxiety oh yeah i almost feel like that that kind of sticks out as an oddity and that like i'm not sure if that really adds to the rest of the story that's happening oh it doesn't i think it's a tone setter though i the, yeah. the stuff with the the way they get stuck under the truck is, is something else but again that's it, crazy it, 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 and then they yeah. ended up you know reusing that in the fast and the furious movies you know yeah um it all i mean it all work all plays together in like within the scene but yeah it it it's a good I, I thought it was a good way of establishing this is Clark Griswold. For those who don't know who mm-hmm. he is, this is the clown that you're dealing with. So yeah, he's yeah, absolutely. Lot. Uh cutting down your own tree. That doesn't really happen anymore. I'm not sure if that was ever really a thing. I don't know why you do that. Yeah, yeah, I don't hey, you know, it's about the experience. I guess so. Yeah, sure. I mean yeah. I'm dumb. actually just uh speaking on experience here. I, I'm just completely out on real trees just i don't want any any problem with it you buy buy the pre-lit fake trees yeah we i mean when i get a house i don't know maybe i'll change my mind but i've been Mm -hmm. since you know yeah been getting my own trees it's you know been fake because just you can't be yeah it's a lot there you know (laughs) buy the candles the evergreen candles and get the fake tree and then it's the same thing um being able to live on one person's salary and afford Clark's house uh, and a pool in suburban Chicago. Yeah, no way. No, it's kind of like think- a Home Alone type situation. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. Like how uh, re- not, before watching this, like remember when it used to be that you could just live on one person's salary? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that's nuts, right? And it's um. I mean, you're probably more familiar with the the suburbs of Chicago than I am, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's oh, those oh. are some of the the richest in the nation, I'm sure. Yeah, no, no friggin' way, man. I've seen I've seen uh, the McAllister's house in mm-hmm. person, like in that, like that. I don't who. I, I, and now thinking about how all the housing the prices and everything, how much that should change, I can't imagine. Like, yeah, I don't know if it was from 2021 to 2022 or 22 to 23, but I saw some tweet actually today that was talking about the property taxes of the McAllister, McAllister house. Oh, doubled. So it was 20, you know, whatever year it was the first, you know, the previous year was 23,000 in property taxes and it, it more than doubled to 50,000, $50,000 in property taxes. Cause of the movie. No, just because property oh, oh, taxes oh, oh, raised oh, just because oh, of life. Gotcha. 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 Yeah, no, that's, which yeah, is nuts. That's, that's like fifty thousand dollars. I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe I'm showing my class here or no, lack thereof. No, that's a lot of that's a lot of I think it's a lot of money to anybody. But I will say everybody that I knew, pretty much everybody that I knew that uh was from like the like a lot I had a lot of teammates that were from like the suburbs of Chicago. Like they mm-hmm. the parents did all right for themselves. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I I think that's also crazy. That's one of those things that, like what does he actually do? He's just like takes out the nutrition on chips or something like that. Like, yeah. Put in like an additive or something like that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. That's actually probably a candidate too. Like what is like Clark being praised for putting a new additive in food? 
Yeah, uh, that's yeah. that's not good, right? That's yep. not, not good there. Uh, who had the best performance by a side character? Um, it's between Eddie and, and uh, Cousin Eddie and Aunt Bethany. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's Cousin Eddie here. He's the most memorable one. He yeah. he's kind of has the uh, uh, the cachet there. He definitely brings more of the comedic relief when uh, things start to go south for uh, uh, Clark there. But I, I, I won't discount Aunt Bethany and, and her husband, who I'm blanking on the name there. But those two back and forth. And then he's just, just a real, you know, he, he really gets things going. Yeah. The, uh, the uncle there, you know, because he sets it off with uh, setting the tree on fire. And then he has the explosion outside after the sewer. Uh, you know, so he, he's the cause of a lot of uh, uh, of Clark's problems there. So yeah. I, I kind of liked him kind of being the MacGuffin. Why do I keep wanting to say it's oh it's Lewis? I wanted to say Lewis. Leo. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, yeah, Lu- he was he was like cause he's like every every time like it's like you know you're burnt you're this you're being a burden like he he's he's the actual burden but he keeps making yeah. like Clark seem like he's the problem mm-hmm. in every way. Yeah, he was. Uh, you're right. He is something else too. It's definitely those three. But yeah, Ed- Eddie's great. Aunt Bethany wrapping up the cat. And then wrapping up the Jello mix, like all that stuff, like that—that's just funny to me. Friggin' Eddie with his dog too. We call him Snots because he's got yeah. like some uh, sinus condition. Like it, it's funny too because like now it's like he's he, again being older and us watching so many movies because of, of what we do. But like the the dog looks totally fine for one second, then as soon as he starts talking about Snots' name, he's like covered in yeah, mucus yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where the fuck did that all come from? Yeah, and he's like, it's just best to let him finish. Like, I forget what he said that he had, like the condition that he had, but it's like the dog like humps his leg. Yeah, but I for- yep. there's like a, a word that he's, or a phrase that he uses, which is funny, and he's like, and it's best just to let him finish. There's, and, and he also like, like there's a, there's, that, that never see, you'll never see another unit on a dog like that. On a random like cousin Eddie, it was the, uh, the Johnsons on that note, before we get into our last two categories, a little thing that popped up that I never noticed until now, which is like would never happen today. But it was like I was it was like, what the fuck was when all the cops swarm on the family to go in and save Bill Murray's brother, the boss. Yeah. Um. The, oh, that is Bill Murray's brother. I was going to say that looked like an older Bill Murray. Yeah, I'm fairly certain that's. Uh, oh, that's funny. Bill that's confirmation then. Yeah, Brian Doyle Murray. So maybe that's maybe they're half brothers. I don't know. Um, oh, that's cool. But yeah, he's in uh, he's in Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, so he um, when when the wife comes in to like you know identify where her, which one's her husband and stuff, and all the cops have swarmed and holding everybody at gunpoint. Yeah. When when Murray turns. And then you see uh, Eddie's cousin Eddie's kids behind him. One of the fucking cops is holding the daughter at gunpoint. <laughs> I'm just I did like, not what the that. fuck is this shit? This I mean, it's definitely so- effects uh, excessive. They're scaling the house and like doing yeah. repels from the chimney down into the windows and like yeah, and everything completely excessive. But like then it's like, oh, you thought we went too far with this shit? Well, how about this as the last one? I never noticed it in the, in the few times that I've seen it. I, I got a little chuckle. This is kind of a dumb joke, but when, when the chief or whatever, the, the lead sergeant comes in, he's like, everyone freeze. And then he turns around and goes, not you get him. And he's like, ta- <laughs> like the, all his force thought that he was telling them to freeze. And it's like, yeah. all right, what, that's so stupid. Yeah. What the fuck? And also not to get lost in all that too, is um, where Ellen is holding Clark's uh, Clark's package 
in the mm. course of all that too. Yeah, yeah. Did not notice that the first time I watched. Definitely the second time around. Like his, like her crotch, like his crotch. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. See oh, that. yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. recognize. Yeah, that. they're like they're all. Fro- I don't know if it's at first because I, I always forget until the moment where she shakes the boss's hand. But mm-hmm. when she does it, like it's very obvious that's. What's oh right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. Uh, who lost the movie, Nick? Who lost the movie? The Chesters, mm-hmm. uh, who are the neighbors, uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus, and I don't remember the husband specifically, Nicholas Guest. Um, yeah, but yeah, Margot and Todd. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he doesn't, he, neither of them look great, but he definitely is the loser of the two. Well, he couldn't, he couldn't talk to Clark Griswold because that whole relationship is or dynamic is funny because like Clark is constantly getting beaten down by the world. And mm-hmm. then he kind of just takes it. He doesn't really care about the yuppie uh, couple there, the Chesters. But that guy uh, appears to have some sort of status or some sort of power or good job yeah. or something like that. And for him to like, pretty much cower to Clark. Yeah. It's like they're, they're, it's they're, weird. There are a few things where it does – like I, I get you can't – what are you going to say? Like with the lights, like what are you going to say? Like you're gonna, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, with the icicle thing, you, you just they don't even know. Like, I, how can you know? Um, but cutting the tree down, the tree thing, yeah, sorry, like that's no. You gotta say, you gotta say something. And she's just like, I'm like the, the fact that Julia Louis Dreyfus Margot has to go over and do it. Yeah, it, it's so yeah. It, the edge would go to him if you pick between the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I also think Clark loses here. Uh, you know, of course, he gets he ends up getting the uh, keeping his job keeping the family happy, getting the Christmas bonus and in a way getting a memorable Christmas that he never really had, you know, albeit not in the way that he wanted to, mm-hmm. but with all the damage that was done to the house with the fire, uh, whatever's what would happen to his septic system. I don't know if that goes into the sewer and all that stuff. Uh, but the, the explosion outside of his house, the police raid, which knocked in all the windows, he's not going to be able to afford the pool. He's got so yeah. much house damage now. Like, <laughs> I was thinking that when I was rewatching it this time around, like he just has all these other problems now. Yeah, it's like, like not even the joy of Christmas to like soften the blow. It's all hundred percent. Yep. And, and also in that moment, I was like, this is so basically like it's all all these miserable things that happen to us at Christmas time are OK because it's Christmas time. We're willing to accept these yes. terrible things. That's what the, mm-hmm. that's what the moral of the story is. In the name of St. Nick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Uh, what else we got? Uh, that's about it though for, for, uh, who lost the movie, who won the movie here. And this goes back to, uh, my love for Beverly D'Angelo, but Ellen, yeah, uh, she holds up through all of this. She again, comes out like looking like she's unfazed by everything. Like there's not a, a cloud of, or, you know, there's no dust on her shirt. She hasn't been go, you know, she's going through the dirt with Clark the whole time. And she's right there. You know, they're cleaning up the trash after, uh, uh, snots or whatever the dog's name is goes through it, right? And they're saying, like, then you got Uncle Lewis, eh, bring me my stokes, and they're, they're kind of just like getting shit on by their family. And instead of her being mad at Clark for saying, for like forcing this issue of having the Christmas at their house, she's supporting him and is right there in the muck with him the whole time. But she comes out like with a lot of grace. I don't know, yes. maybe that's the only way she, I can put it. She looks great and she is like the best person i guess is the best way yeah. to put it in in this movie just At patience the, for everybody yeah I, i'm willing to give her the the winner of this movie but also you could argue that she's 
a loser because she's married to Clark. And it's like, you could do so much. My problems are your problems. That sort of thing. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And that absolutely, he, he definitely got a catch with, uh, with, with Ellen there. Yes. The other winner is, uh, John Hughes, you know, who of course wrote this movie. I have his IMDB pulled up here. Uh, let me see if I can get his, uh, his acting or his writing credits at this time. So he's in the middle of a huge stretch here. So, uh, we have, National Lampoon's Vacation in 1983, 16 Candles. This is everything that he's written. Okay, so 16 mm. Candles, 1984, The Breakfast Club, 1985, European Vacation, also in 85, Weird Science, also in 85, Pretty in Pink, 86, Ferris Bueller's Day Off in 86, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles in 87, uh, Uncle Buck in 89, Christmas Vacation in 89. Home Alone, 1990. I mean, this, this is crazy. Uh, what else do we have? Anything else going up there? Beethoven, 92. Also a 92. Home Alone 2. You know, like, so. Yeah. That's like, he's in the middle of this, like, great stretch right now. It's like Kevin Durant years, you know, that he's mm-hmm. going, getting all NBAs. He's getting uh, first teams. He's getting MVPs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're just kind of, like, right in the middle, right, right at the climb of his middle. Yeah, and neither of them got a ring for their work either. Oh no, wait a minute! Kevin Durant had to cheat to do it. Not yeah, yeah, he got, he got it, he got it. Yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> he didn't cheat. That's not fair. But anyways, um, yeah, no, that's a, uh, John Hughes is a great, is a great one too. Um, I, I, I think I my the nod for me goes to Ellen here, but I mean, yeah, right in the middle of an absolute heater. Uh, no question mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, but I still I'm a little little partial. You know, Ellen, she's a little easier on the eyes. That's true. um. All right, I think that does it. So I gave uh, Christmas Vacation an 87. Nick gave it an 81. That's a CMM aggregate score of what, 83, 84, 84. I was right around it. So go check it out. It's available on Max right now, as well as a yeah. whole bunch of other Christmas movies that just got added there. Uh, so if you're doing your holiday season rewatch like Nick and I are, that's a good place to start. Yep. It's hard not to do this time of year, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, and of course, you got to go through your Harry Potter rewatch, too. That's also I got to get that going, too. Yes. And uh, Die Hard, all the Christmas classics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, now we <laughs> hope you get your tickets to the. Uh, oh, oh, I just passed <laughs> over that there. No, that's not it. There it is. Two, two bitches. All right. What'd you watch? Oh, you watched another John Hughes movie. Yeah, I totally forgot. Like you, you mentioned Plane, Trains, and Automobiles earlier. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. We did watch. Um, was that your first that. time or was this a rewatch? It was only my second time. But I, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. I swear. I think the first time I watched it, I fell asleep. Like I was a kid. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad showed it to me. And I, you know, I don't. I, I only know John Candy. I mean, obviously he's in Spaceballs, but I really don't remember Spaceballs all that well. Um, and I feel like there's some other things, but I really re- always think of him as the Poker King of the Midwest, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. of course, from Home Alone. But um, yeah, seeing him in this, like it, 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 I'm so I enjoyed the movie. Like, yeah, it's like I was with, you know, um, you know, my, my in-laws and we had a nice time and everything. But I don't know if I'm a big Steve Martin guy. Oh, like really? I, See, my dad's a big Steve Martin guy. He loves this movie, loves okay. this movie. In fact, he would recite the lines to me uh, when they're staying in the hotel room and he uses what he thinks is a hand towel to wipe off his face. Mm-hmm. And then he pulls off the underwear earlier in that scene. He's like, where's your hand right now? He's like, it's between two pillows. And he's like, those mm-hmm. are two pillows. 
mm-hmm. all the time. That was, it was a constant. Uh, How about the Bears? Recited. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he loves that movie. I kind of like Steve Martin. I like him in The Parent Trap or mm-hmm. The no. parent, Parenthood. Parenthood, excuse me. Yeah. Um, it's like, I just, I feel like I've seen him. I've obviously seen him in stuff, but I, I, I mean, Pink Panther's one thing that I think of for him. And then, mm, okay. Yeah. You got to go back a little bit. Further father of the bride, like, the jerk, father of the bride, yeah. uh, three amigos, three amigos. Yep. That's right. Yep. Okay. Was that him short? I can't remember who the other him one and Martin was. short. I can't, yeah, I can't remember the third, but yeah, I just, he doesn't do, I'm not saying I just like him. He just doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, like he, he, uh, by the end of it, I was like, no, I, I enjoyed this movie like Thanksgiving. So like, you know, obviously like, I got, I also think of uh, the, I mean, it seems to be the now defunct PCP. Um, Cause that was like one of their first episodes, yep. I think when the DSG formed. Um, but yeah, so obviously, uh, a, and, and also we watched Dan in real life, which is a Thanksgiving movie. Steve Carell. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, that, I, was, was he battling with like suicidal thoughts or something like that? Or nope, no, no, not in okay. that one. No, he's um, he falls in no, love with little Miss Sunshine. It, okay, yeah. He yes, that's exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's fa- he falls in love with his brother's girlfriend without knowing it's his brother's girlfriend, and she's only like a oh. new girlfriend to her brother. So it's kind of like, and they have to spend like a the the you know they spend like their Thanksgiving weekend as a group. So ah, that hijinks ensues there. I can see that. Yeah, yeah it's like it's actually a fun family movie. I was I was kind of surprised by that. Um, so I I, I like that one quite a bit. Um, but then other than that, I was in, I spent the all of Thanksgiving vacation in um in uh, in connecticut with my in-laws and then moving my brother into his lovely home with his lovely wife so that was it was uh definitely a lot more work than uh, any other thanksgiving i've ever had but i had a i had a, a great time doing it well you're, be- you're doing good husband duties you're doing good brother duties there you're just you're just a regular clark griswold oh wow look at that yeah full circle there it is what about you uh, i watched the killer on netflix i think this is also released in theaters Okay, um, give a spoiler free, please, because I'm dying to watch this. Yeah, Michael Fassbender's in it. It's it's really good. It's a, the new David Fincher film. It ends kind of, it just kind of ends. Like, it's not a great ending, but the first 45 minutes to an hour of it are, is awesome. Hmm. Uh, he narrates it, so you get the narration there. So there's like, you know, he's not, he's kind of moving to uh, um, what, what, uh, natural sound, the nat sound of everything. You, you know what I mean? So, like he's kind of then he's narrating over everything. So I think there's some really cool aspects there. He's got like, you know, when you deal with any sort of uh, contract killer, there's a certain like methodology behind it, and you know mm. he's very um, particular about things and meticulous about things. So I think that like the neuroticism kind of comes out a little bit, which I think is cool. Highly recommend it. It's a good movie. I think we, you and I had floated the idea of actually doing an episode on this at some point mm. um, a while back, but mm-hmm. I, don't, we, I don't think we have anything. I don't, we have penciled in going forward, um, but we'll, we'll figure that out. But I'm very excited to check this out. I, I was looking forward to it because this, this looks like an awesome movie. I love Fastbender, um, mm-hmm. another actor like of this generation who I, I absolutely love. And I don't think that's an uncommon uh, feeling uh, for people towards him. But the other thing is too, I found this out after the fact that um this is originally a french comic book and it has oh. been americanized by boom studios which joe had read it um mm-hmm. has read some of it and i think he like kind of liked it um but i think he said there's been some significant changes from the comic to mm-hmm. the the like from what he saw in the synopsis for the because like i think he's not like exactly a contract he's he's 
there's some changes, like some stag- substantial ones. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. And I, I again I say all the time, like there are so many other good stories in comics that are not just superhero stuff. And like it's been great what's happened with Marvel and DC, but I really hope for the sake of the comic book medium that we continue to get more of those other stories. Mm-hmm. Awesome shit out there. There really is. Well, yeah, I, I recommend this. This is good. This is good stuff for nice. sure. I'm uh, but as for next week, we're, we're TBA. We'll figure it out, whether it's holiday season or maybe it's the killer on Netflix. We'll, we'll figure it out and we'll let you know a little bit in advance of things as we always do, but there'll always be same bad time, same 